This is podcast attempt number five for me. Yes. In a row. In a row. In a row. I've. I, this is my fifth attempt at a fucking podcast. I, I had four different attempts at podcasts where I fucked up the audio. The audio wasn't recording on one side. Will, by the way, is re-recording his side of the podcast That's that I hilarious. did with him about Dune. That's hilarious. I'm just imagining him like answering all your because here's his thing. Tex recorded these podcasts, but it's just him talking. And I feel like a fucking idiot. He's not a fucking idiot. I am it a was fucking. Idiot. I was the. I, so here's the story. I said his, his computer is not normally where we do podcasts. We actually hang out in the living room and do that. Yeah. But I was leaving for my trip to Cleveland, and I was like, he was like, yeah, Mike, hook me up with the podcast stuff on OBS. And I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. So I went in there and did it really fast, and I didn't check all the boxes I needed to. And so he only got his half of the conversation and nobody else's. I you have to actually... felt like such a fucking idiot. Yeah, I... but it's not your fault, though. That was my fault for not it, Yeah, sitting that. all these people down and being like, all right, don't you worry. You had a great it's, conversation. It's, I had a lot of great conversations. I wish I could have shared them with the world. You Some can just listen to yourself and... having the fun. <laughs> yeah, just me on one side like, <laughs> what it, what... oh, great point. Actually, what is interesting is that when you place the podcast, that one with just your voice on the timeline, you can actually see all the points where you talk, just you, and you can actually see the points where other people talk. And between Deputy and Will, I think Will outdoes Deputy in talking like by a thousand percent. Not saying Will talks too much, but it's like Deputy is a man of very few words, and when he uses them, he uses them very precisely. He, he is a very precise man when it comes to words. Yeah. He is, he is very Midwestern, but it very slow spoken. It's very precise. And I, I, I think it's quite funny. <laughs> I, I just know he's one of those people when he says, we're in trouble. He's like, we're in trouble, friend. He laughs right when he knows. It. Like, I think his nervous reaction is just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great to me because it means that I can trust that person to do well, anything. It's, it's like if you're zoning out while editing, you hear Deputy laugh, you just key in. You're like, okay, watch for moat movement. Watch for like something tumbling through the woods on fire. I, I, I think I, I, I told somebody yesterday what I was doing with the next Far Cry 5. I started playing Far Cry 5 myself, not because I want to enjoy this game. Why? Why? Because I'm filming something in it for the final episode. This is too much. I like this. Okay, I like this Let's Play. I put a lot of time and effort into it. Mike, I know, but there's it's a certain fun. point where you have to say goodbye to a Let's Play. We will. Two years of editing. Two years for of seven episodes. For seven episodes. No, episodes. nine episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nine episodes. Like, it started off just kind of cutesy and funny, and then it's just gone on and on It's and on. fun. It is. It's fun to see it like change over time. Yeah. It just, it's, it's like, so someone, like most someone, editors would have just been done with it at this point, well, but somebody I, I pointed enjoy it. out the other day. They said that like, it's content like this that separates the occasional fan from the deep VPL enjoyer. Yes. <laughs> and, and the guy was like rip murder truck. Like he did the, the, the mwah yeah. emoticon for murder truck. I was like, thank you. And I passed that on to Mike. What was that? Uh, I was trying to think what was the, the uh, original intent that I was trying to go for. I was just trying to show you guys hanging out and doing goofy stuff. And then somewhere, I think the third episode, you and him just started having a podcast for like the entire game. And I was like, well, this is really cool content, but this really just is jarring from the other episodes. So I was like, all right, cutting those out. But it became hours and hours of podcasting, not just because we'd only do like an hour and a half in here at most. 
um i think with that it was like hours and hours of stuff you guys are just talking about deep stuff and that's going to be its own video by itself so you guys aren't going to miss that shit but i'm I'm just saying like in comparison i like things being like cons- somewhat consistent you know what i mean like if something's getting better over time i want to see it getting better over time i don't want it to be like here it is the same way it's been since episode one unless you're doing it all within the same week well, I understand that, yeah, because if you're, like, batch editing shit, which th- that's that's a sign of, like, bad times. If you ever want to know you're doing bad times, it's batch editing. Explain, like, explain to people what batch editing is. Well, it's where you're trying to say, like, for example, I used to do this when I used to play Space Station 13 uh, back when I first started. Um, you would take a big chunk of footage, like mm-hmm. y- like a big, long, raw continue a file or reel of film or whatever yeah of everything you shot and then you start cutting that up and processing that with a prepared lead-in and a prepared outro for each and you're basically making in batches very quickly the sameish sort of cookie cutter footage that falls into template form and it's very very formulaic and very you know predictable, and mm-hmm. it, it's very tailored way of making a lot of content very very quickly and punching it out cookie cutter style like you know candy corn. It's a it's a tough thing to balance. It really is. It's, well, yeah. It's, yeah. If if like batch editing is why when you look at like the top one hundred YouTube channels out there. They'll pump out content every day at the same time that looks exactly the same way. It's very consistent. The thumbnails are very consistent. Everything is just so. And the reason it looks like that is because it's an assembly line kind of factory process that walks everything out, steps it out just like that. And it's all a result of, you know, batch editing, batch making thumbnails, everything in sequence, boom, 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 done. It's being it's basically taking something that you once did as a hobby and turning it into a well, it's, it's production profe- it's, a job. It's professionalizing it. It's it's the difference between like what Mike and I are doing is we are making some homemade cookies and we are we are taking our time and getting everything just right when we make stuff and it's it has to go out the way we want it and sometimes we don't always make the best cookies but we really try and and you know that our dumb hands have been up long hours learning how to make these cookies and fuck them the fuck up and even when we fuck up the cookies we we keep trying to make them and you can have cookies from idiots like us or you you can have the cookies from the guys at the mall that give you the shits and you always buy a batch because they smell really good but then when you eat them they taste like cardboard and then you taste that smell when you exhale and you're like yep. what happened what happened? It what smells like if it smells like a mall food court, then you probably need to back away from it. You know, because okay. those we, used to be we, nice smelling when I was a kid, but when, then you yeah, realize we, like, no, it's it, yeah. The, the only place you can trust in the mall food court is I'm gonna say this, and some people are gonna say it's the Chinese place, right? And I'm like, no, my God, no. The teriyaki place. Yeah, everyone picks no, that teriyaki yeah, no, place. Don't no, because it's the it's the strongest smelling thing in the the mall well, next yeah. to cookies. No, the the thing you need to go to to like survive euro the euro guy it's it's safe it's it's gonna be hot meat spin around a thing he shaves it off it goes in the pita nothing nothing else needs to enter into the equation you are safe 
The Chinese place, always a little bit sketch in the mall. A little bit. Orange Julius can vary. I remember when Orange Julius went away for a long time. Do you remember that? I do. And I also think that most people here can remember the name at least, but I had never went there ever. Like I had seen it. I passed it many times. I'd, I'd heard that Orange Julius as a kid, they were like, oh, they think they're so fancy. Like they're an upscale dairy queen. It was a very Texas thing, like an opinion of it. Yeah. And I was like, isn't it just like a Dairy Queen, but from wherever the fuck they're from? Because I didn't know where they were based out of. And and the idea that there was another brand that sold a similar but different product in a similar price range was abhorrent to them. Yeah. Then again, there's some people who get mad because they're like, oh, well, you, I, you, oh, Dairy Queen, you mean I eat it, Brahms? Fucking <laughs> Brahms. If, if you are in Oklahoma or in North Texas, you've done a Brahms trip just for ice cream and burgers to enjoy the gut feeling oh. of a meat baby. Also, we're, we're how many minutes in here? And you didn't even do the greeting. We're 10 minutes in. Hey, takes the Black Pants Legion here and welcome to the BPL podcast. We're oh. starting super casual today. Yeah. Super casual. That was our cold opening. That was that's our cold. We would opening. get fired from Conan we, so fast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not, <laughs> oh yeah, we would have got fired a long time oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah, I got a fire. It would have <laughs> fired my butthole. Um, no, I just to kind of go hand in hand with what I've been talking about on the the Patreon is it's like I'm in the same sort of fucking rut. I think most of the world is in right now. Like we're all tired of COVID. And we're all tired of the pandemic and we're all tired of working from home and we're all tired of working too much and we're all tired yeah. of like plan B and plan C and plan D and the past few years of fuzz together. And I'm in yet another one of these like horrible, deep, sad depressions. And I said, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to, I'm going to podcast no matter how I feel. And then I'm going to make fun of shit until I feel slightly better. And, and, I, and, and even I, better, I tell you what, I yeah. tell you what, we, we can add to that misery. What else you got? I actually got the questions that deputy oh, had just labeled. The questions that deputy had just labeled. That's, that's my so, way of cutting text off. No, Texas no, no, going to make it too sad. No, no, was, I'm not going to make it sad. I'm just making an option for later. Well, I, know, I just want I, you to know that. I, I didn't tell him I, that before I started. So I, I want, I do want to answer some questions okay. later. Um, so here's the thing I was thinking of. I bought some uh, quote-unquote keto-friendly rice, and it's it's some sort of weird strain of plant something and something else. It's it's just genetic engineering and nightmare fuel. And I'm going, wow, I, I can actually eat this, and, you know, that's nice. But then I started looking into saying, well, shit, this is very shadow runnish. It's It's not quite mm -hmm. found in nature, but it is. Yeah. It's not. And it comes in these weird bags. And I'm like, you know what? We are slowly sliding into Shadowrun. And I started to look around. And I was like, okay, think about it. I grew up in the 80s, okay? Yeah. What was a coffee machine when I was a kid? It's like a percolator. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a percolator, a big Mr. Coffee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Coffee yeah, was so, very, so, it still so, is, actually. So, so in the 80s, which was when Shadowrun was written, when I was a kid, what was a future coffee machine like? Uh, you'd put a like tab in it or some sort of like thing, and then you close it, and then coffee would come out. 
the thing is, we now have one. It's called Keurig. And yeah. that was actually, it, it doesn't sound like much of an innovation, but it it's more about it feels futuristic because now it, you don't. It does. Yeah. Well, what I love about Keurig is it's made me paranoid. It what? Made you paranoid? How? Because it it screams at me every day, please descale me. Oh, yeah. I descaled it so hard and it screams at me. So either one of two things is true. Yeah. Our water here even after being filtered through a pitcher, is so fucking bad. It's pretty hard. That, yeah. that no, <laughs> hard. Even yeah. that after going through it's a like filter, a, that would be like solid, Mike. Yeah, it's, I know. It's like, our water oh, is concrete. I, I only drink the water out of the uh, out of our uh, filtered water thing that we put in the, fr- like the Mike, the if container. the water was any more heavy, we'd have the UN here. Yeah, I know. Oh, all right, so... The thing is, is that... We got any 235 laying around? Oh, my God. More like tritium. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So what what we've got is this fucking Keurig, and it's it's all great. And I remember when Keurigs first came out, they made shit-ass cups of coffee when they first came out. And then I remember, like, Nestle had a Nescafe pod or something, and that made shit-ass cups of coffee when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And no one bought those. Th- those were shit. And then... uh I, I went to my parents and the highlight of that trip was discovering their new Keurig. And um, I I found that that actually made a really good cup of coffee. I was like, bullshit. And it did. So I bought one myself. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here with my future coffee pot and I'm going, oh my God, we are living in a Shadowrun dystopia. We've got like runaway inflation and everyone's working from home and everyone's fighting over some essential goods, but weird luxuries are still somehow available. And it's the and, stuff nobody would have bought if they had money. Right. It's so bizarre. And so it it's starting to feel shadow runnish. A lot of people spending all their time online and in communities. And oh, then yeah. and then you and then I look around our kitchen and I go, Holy shit, we got like some Hong Kong apartment jank ass fucking food prep shit. We've got We've got that hot got dog every, toaster. We've yes. Got the hot dog toaster. People keep sending hot dog cooking devices okay, to our cooked, house. We cooked one of them into the ground. I did, yes. Yeah. Because that roller was actually legitimately decent. Yeah. We, we've we we've cooked a lot of this shit into the ground. So, my, uh, so a, a, a member of the BPL actually sent us a hot dog roller, and uh, we cooked everything on it from like hot dog sausages. I think we rolled some... Uh, was it taquitos on it? Taquitos. Taquitos. Yeah, yeah we, do, we they cook just fine on them. Yeah, believe it or not, those rollers are pretty handy for anything that's handy. cylinder not, shaped. Not yeah, I wouldn't say like you know steak. Yeah, we I joked about that. Yeah. Just sticking a steak in there like no, a cartoon and seeing yeah, if it goes through. Like feed it through like a <laughs> film projector. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we threw it out though because it got to the point where you know stainless steel. It's stainless, but it still looks gross with anything on it. Like it. it it's such an odd material, stainless steel. Like, it's useful for kitchen materials, but then if you get it too dirty, you're like, I don't even want it. Yeah, and then it starts to smell like mm-hmm. old hot dogs. It doesn't smell like It smells like a 7-Eleven, It just yeah. starts to smell like a 7-Eleven, and you're like, ugh. Yeah. This is in the kitchen. And, and then we got another one where it's like a pop-up one, but it ugh, it's a device that sounds it's, like it would be a good idea, but it really, hot dogs are not Pop-Tarts. They don't stand up well. They don't. And also the other thing is I've seen the hot dogs get yeeted because mm-hmm. they are greased. So they come, it comes out of there like a, 
Uh, what's that game? Uh, Operation. Yeah. Because if you touch yeah. the sides of that thing, it's you fucking... Well, no, it's even worse. Like, the pop-up toaster is like... It's got a little tray you set the hot dogs in, but they're not in there right, and they just kind of flex and lean. And then you have... It's like heating elements, like uh, those uh, those orange filaments that go around it that heat up the hot dog. Yeah. Just like a convection oven or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a little metal-like cage. Yeah, so it's very similar to an actual toaster with a little tray in it. But the problem is, is that when it's you want to eat your hot, with a hot dog basket, if you want to go eat your hot dogs out of it, you cannot touch any part of this thing. You now have to play a game of operation if you don't think to grab material. Like, like, oh yeah, grab the tongs. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought to do that. I just thought, oh, I reach here and grab it. No, here's first degree burns for your fingers. It's like playing operation with hot dogs. It's like, I don't want to do that. I, I remember, um, speaking of cooking fuck-ups, in the dorms in college, uh, I remember someone had a pressure cooker and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> and we heard this boom and we're like, oh my God, someone must have like killed themselves or something. And what it was is this guy had put in this big thing of chili and he's like, oh, it'll be done by the time I'm done studying. Oh no. And his girlfriend came over and they started making out. Oh, no. So you just left it. Yeah. And so it exploded like a fucking claymore and it, it blew the lid into the ceiling and it like just, they said it blew scalding hot beans all over people who were in the living room. Oh, no. So it was like a, it was like a, a fucking volcano explosion. Yeah. They were like sitting on the couch and shit just like boy i hope i get some chili and then kaboom like al yeah. with beans yeah you're just, just covered like, in ah. bean magma yeah they're just like <laughs> ah the beans i wonder if they have like the gorbachev scars from those no no they they only got like little burns okay and and it's 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 because they naturally just wiped the shit off you know and they weren't close enough to get like I properly know, I know. doused but no, I, I was just... That's crazy. Like, oh, dude, what's crazy is when I was in the Boy Scouts, there was... Um, okay, we had this Scoutmaster. And this isn't... Don't worry. It's not like, oh, the Scoutmaster put fingers in people because I've... Th- this isn't one of those stories. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry. Nobody be like, ha, I can't show people this episode of the podcast. And if it... Um, <laughs> turn it off, downvote. Um, no, we, we were out camping. We were out camping with some some Boy Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts, uh, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was it was a fun time. And we had this full chuck wagon, and the scoutmaster said, "We got to get rid of this chuck wagon. All this food in here is about to go bad. You boys better fucking eat it." And it was like a hundred degrees outside. Oh. It's a hundred degrees outside at night in Texas. And it's just the heat is shimmering off your body and you are so sweaty. You've got like cold sweat in your ass crack and you've got hot sweat on your neck and it is just miserable hot. It's just like volcano breath. And they're like the camp master or the scout master is like fucking lunatic who lives for this shit because his day job's like an accountant or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, let's have a big campfire. You oh, know, God. so you're sitting around the campfire. Everyone turning and, red like hot dogs. And you're just having the sauna experience as the scout master is like, let's tell, have skits and tell stories. And we're like, fuck you. A good scout master would have never lit a fire when it's that hot outside, unless you're just trying oh, to scare animals. this guy sucked as a scout master. I would have just grabbed like a big bright lamp at that point. I'm like, that's it. He was an awful scout master, but we'll get into that story later. 
So um, he was like, all right, let's get some food and da, da, da. And he was like handing out, you know, like cans of green beans and cans of pork and beans and like uh, like a tin of mustard. Oh. And, and it's like, what can we do with this shit? We're like fucking kids, you know? And he's trying to act like we could work together to learn something and make a delicious food or something. He was trying to act like there was a team building exercise and handing us just crap. Mm -hmm. And so one kid uh, threw this can of beans into the fire and it rolled right next to the coals. And I just started laughing because it burned the jacket off of it. Yeah. So it was just a little can in there and the scoutmaster didn't see it. And over the next few minutes, this silver football starts to like bulbously deform and all of us move away from it. And the scout mash is like, oh, is this fight taken? Uh, and he sits near it and we're all like trying to warn him. And it burst and shot a jet of bean juice up his leg. Oh. And he was like, fuck, fuck. And I remember him saying it like that. Like he was just stomping around. Just, Did you guys have was Michael Scott your fucking scoutmaster? Jesus, no, that sounds he, like a Michael Scott story. No, but he was stomping around. <laughs> he was stomping around, and he and and just this was a guy who tried to act like Mister Rogers, and he fucking wasn't. And and he just was walking around, and so he's like, fuck, fuck. Fuck! Uh, yeah, and, and he just kept saying that. No, and I take the, it back. It was Andy Bernard. Yeah, <laughs> that was your scoutmaster. He's like, we're gonna have a fun time, and you guys can't do anything about it. Yeah, he was. That he, sounded creepy. That's was, that's how he would say it. He was a he was a shitty scoutmaster. I <laughs> he, he was awful. <laughs> he gave his son like eight hundred merit badges. Like he was like, my son got all these merit badges so he can get up in ranks in the Boy Scout alumni, so I can get to Eagle Scout with this many things. He's like, oh yeah, my my son is this expert eagle watcher, and he did like nine hundred hours of community service. And the rest of us sat down and did like all the math and figured out that. The kid must have been pulling like 900 hour weeks in order to get all the things. Yeah, he would have dad, to do a lot. Yeah, it was just his dad signing off on it. It's it's more of a local thing. I'm fairly certain if he went to like the national meetup, he'd have him take all those badges off because he's like, nah, because I can't, can't quantify all that. Dude, these guys covered up all sorts of fucked up shit. I'm sure oh, a couple of merit badges aren't a big paperwork issue. They tried to get us to go to the Boy Scouts, and we said, no, we're from the inner city. We're good. <laughs> you know... <laughs> no, we said we were... I'll say what we actually said. We're from the fucking hood. We're good. That's what we said at the time. Well, and I'm not trying to shit on the Boy Scouts, but bad, <laughs> a lot of bad shit happened across that organization. Like, a lot. Well, and then they yeah. were like... They just kind of went, meh. They were like, boys will be boys. And it's uh, like, no, this, this. Well, yeah. Well, it was like no. my sister said, uh, well, my sister was in the Girl Scouts. My brother never got, my brother and I were like, we're not joining the fucking Boy Scouts. Fuck that shit. My sister joined the Girl Scouts and we're like, oh, okay, cool. That's neat. You know, something we got to like pick her up from and, you know, take her to and all that. But what was cool is she started selling cookies and making money. And me and my brother were like, oh shit, can we join the Girl Scouts? Can we get can we get up on that? Because that's all we kept thinking of yeah, when we were kid. We were like, yeah. we wanted a Game Boy Color. Yeah, you wanted we, to make that fucking money. Yeah, we were. Yeah, the Game Boy Color was still new, like it just came out, and everyone was like, "Oh man, did you play Pokemon?" We're like, "No, man, we only saw it on TV. We didn't even know what it was. It was like a huge deal for us." We we're like, "Yeah, we want to get this shit," and we we're trying to help my sister sell cookies, only to find out that money wasn't for us. And we're like, 
This is lame. Why can't I have the... So here's, uh, here's my, my brain idea. didn't make the connection that the cookies weren't free, that I couldn't just sell them like my school did and make the money back so I can buy stuff for myself. No, it was giving it back to the Girl Scouts. They're like, ew, no. Here's, get away from me. Here's the idea. Here's, <laughs> here's my pitch. Instead of Boy Scouts of America, which teaches kids to get lost in the woods and then become of this large scheme of cover-up of abuse and a bunch of other stuff, or, you know, join the Girl Scouts of America and introduce diabetes to yet another generation of Americans. Hey, man. What if... No, hear me out. What if we created, like, a new Scouts? Yeah. Okay? And here's here's the idea, okay? Yeah. You get these kids to sign up and do responsible adult things... And in exchange for doing responsible adult things like civic service and all these other things, they get a $500 savings deposit in a 30-year checking account that matures at the end of that. Yeah. So when they were when they are older, they look back on that and they go, wow, it paid to be civilly and fiscally responsible. You're giving kids a future by allowing their community service to be rewarded, rewarded later in life. Uh, whereas as a kid, cause you know, you do stuff as a kid because it's supposed to be nice, but wouldn't it have been really nice if that money that we were given, like at least something was given to be put into the future. We wouldn't have. Well, imagine, imagine if you up. gave someone yeah. a treasury savings bond for 500 bucks. That they can't touch by the way. Not, yeah, they, not you no, can't just they, like they, pull that out no, like free money. No, no, it's no, like, no. you know, and every summer you do it, you get another one. And and they just keep adding up, and you can do it every year. And every successive year, you add it all up. For so many years, you go, oh, you were this kind of scout or whatever. But yeah. The idea is, is you would organize community service and civic service and outreach and stuff, which would take stress off of emergency services and allow them to work on actual emergencies. Yeah. And, and, and then... It's always been my... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've always imagined, like, the scouts having their own kind of college where they, they teach the same stuff, but it's free, but well, you they, still have to go out and do community service well, to they, pay for it. See, now that's a good idea is, again, if you had non-governmental uh, entities and what have you, certain schools, you could say, oh, we, we'll have the best medical school in the world. And you can come here and study and become one of our doctors and become one of our, our, our very incredibly skilled and studied doctors and alumni. And that's fantastic. But... In order to pay for it, you have to go be a doctor in an underprivileged area or, you know, you have to go. West Virginia actually does that. Yeah. Um, And and my mom is currently dealing with a doctor who she had to switch out who hates living there, but he had his whole college paid for by the state of West Virginia. And in that contract, he has to stay there as a resident for 10 years as a doctor. Oh, he's going to have some fun time. He got into it to make money and he just basically made my mom feel like crap. So he, I told her to, she fortunately switched because he's, he's like, a, I guess, I don't know, has, has some kind of issue where he's like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. My mom has a completely damaged ankle from an accident. She can barely walk. My mom used to run professionally. So seeing her limp is just like weird to me. And then this guy's like, oh, you're fine. Walk on it. She did and fell immediately on actually hurt her elbow in the process. So, yeah, there are programs like that. You just got to hopefully they don't you don't get into it hoping that, look, well, I can survive 10 years well, and then make big money. That's a really weird. Oh, I approach. know. I mean, it, they, look to to i mean your, if you feel like you can do it go mind. for it but no i i get it i get yeah. it I, I i'm saying i'm throwing ideas out there and they're not all gonna work but also there's gonna be assholes in any system 
it's all right, man. But most of the stuff I throw out there just sounds like nonsense anyway, and that's kind of the fun of this whole thing. Well, so we have some questions, don't we're, we? We're all both we're both nonsense people. We're nonsense people. Somebody actually talked to me um, today or yesterday oh, about uh, about how like about views and things like that on YouTube and making uh, money. And I I just all I said was don't. It's not. It's not like for for what we're doing. We could never make YouTube money, so they're not going to give us fucking anything. We can't make the money because we're not making products that's generally accepted by the public. That no, is logical, true fact. We don't do that. No, we do weird underground indie shit. Exactly, and and that's what we are. Is we're just weird underground indie shit. People know about this. You people out there in internet land. Yeah, the the, the couple you, of you who are actually yeah. listening to this. Yes, you, you guys know about the VPL and the podcast and everything else because you've spread it or heard it through word of mouth. YouTube's not putting us out there, and that's why no. we've slowly leached through the internet and this podcast and many other places just to be heard, and, and that's just the way it is. It's pretty wild. I, I, I even said, like, it's been nice that after so long we actually can use money to pay f- to help other people get things that they need and do art stuff because we've been in the artist and and basically kind of volunteer community for so fucking long yeah, yeah, and now God. people are like hey go do this with our money and we're just like okay well no we're just gonna give it we're, we even tell people don't give us money we're gonna give it away to people well, we don't have a people yeah. seem intent to want to force things on us from it's a place of kindness oh, yeah I, I know that but you know me i i'm i'm someone who is is it i admitted earlier you know feeling turbo depressed and it's it's one of those things where it just comes and goes in my life and people tell me nice things you know all the time and i i appreciate it i really really do it's very kind but i i don't understand how to take some some people's angles no like um, it, it, it comes off like and, and they weren't intending to ask they were just trying to figure because they wanted to know how do i get into this or how, are you guys worried about money and all this stuff it's a common question that everyone who yeah, who yeah. even receives a cent through well, anything sure. it's, gets asked it's, and it's like a lot no, of people yeah. come to us and ask how do we do it and and if i i will literally sit down and tell them how i do things well and yeah and and they either don't believe me or they think I'm lying for some nefarious side purpose. And I mean, one thing that needs to be put into perspective is that you couldn't have done this uh, t- over 11 years ago. No, no. Like, no. like in 2008 or 2009, I think is when they actually started, or maybe it was a little bit later after they started giving ra- ad revenue out. No website was doing that ever. You made your videos like Mega64 did back in like 2003. They posted it on their website and then they sold DVDs and posters. That was the only way they can get their content out. Yeah. I mean, that was a weird era. And what's weird is I've seen people start to go back to their own website. Yeah, because it's awesome. But I yeah. wish we never left that era. I was yeah, happy yeah, with you Google know, people Video. Are, people are starting to go back to their, their own websites. And have their own fan areas. Like, if if you want to look at where Ross Scott is, if you're like, wow, he hasn't posted in a while, go check his website. Yeah, he he posts a lot on his forums. Actually, I signed up to his forums. I've never posted a thing. I just literally browse his game because the game part, you don't even need an account. I, for some reason, thought it's old school thinking. I need an account to access stuff. But I was like, you can browse all of the games for the games he's actually interested in trying. And it's a huge list of really interesting things I've never seen before. 
part of the stuff that me and Mecca were looking at is from that list. So it's like, yeah, uh, if you guys want a good list of old games that look interesting and no one's really tried before, fucking, and you're bored, go there. It's called Accursed Farms something. I think it's just Cursed. I don't know if it's .com, but it's Accursed Farms. Yeah, Ross Scott is amazing. BPL needs a site now. Well, we tried. I know you tried a long time ago, but, I and I tried was, with my that, own that shit. Was, that was where yeah. it started. That's where it started was a website. And I tell you what, I'm not opposed to a website. I just need an actual web developer that I can build a system of trust with and or I would need to sit down and do we, the embarrassing thing and be like, I'll just go use the gold daddy. And, and it's not that we don't have a shortage of experts or anything in BPL. It's just that we have a lot more systems engineers than I realize. Like, it seems like like almost it, it's very few. Our people, website is gonna look yeah. like a GeoCities website, but it's gonna run flawlessly. No, it's gonna look like a GeoCities website until someone tries to DDoS it, and then their computer explodes because the eight sysadmins and twenty like white yeah. hat hackers in the BPL How are just like get, uh, I have no idea where all these fucking people. Yeah, came all these sysec people. Where did you come from? Like that's what I mean. Did, is, I, if I, someone sis- said I'm getting hacked yeah. in the BPL, you would have like 20, 30 guys going, "Oh, this is gonna be so." Yeah, good. and these guys are four chan level of. I know what I'm doing. So this person knows. Wi- it's almost like you meet a wizard. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. okay, imagine this. A, no, they have a wizardly so, aura. They so you, know what to do. So you meet. Let's let's just for hypothetical. You meet this guy. His name is Matthew the Wizard. That is just his title. Right. He's happy with it. He okay. thought about making another one, but he's like, mm-hmm. I don't really care about my wizard Sona. So uh-huh. Matthew the Wizard. Yeah. And you can get a sense of like how powerful he is. He does these little tricks. Like, oh, that's cool. And then fucking Gandalf the Grey walks through the door. Yeah. And you go immediately like that person has more power than I probably can process. I guess that's like journalistic intuition. I guess I'd call that. The journalistic senses of yeah. Mike. It's better than saying magic shit. Yeah, it's journalistic Cleveland intuition. street sense. I want to have the same intuition as Columbo and the same exact way of dealing with people. But I'm not that cool. You just need the coat. Need the coat and the very, he's like, ah, geez, you know, I had this one other thing. I I just couldn't really figure out who exactly left the gun because you have all these nice guns in your house and you take very good, but this one in particular, you know, it was really dirty. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you would ever touch. I mean, here, just take a look at a picture. You know what I mean? Like that level of like smooth where you're like, how does he talk to all these like Malays era motherfuckers and make them fucking stop? And it's like, yeah, he's just nice. Yeah. Very polite. Correct. Columbo. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it's it's a weird show. If you've never seen it, it, it's oddly really entertaining to watch. Same with MacGyver, believe it or not. MacGyver's weird because <laughs> it, he'll be like, we have to fight the East Germans. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, it's... Why? Look, Why East Germany? Look, Dana Elkar pointed at a map. He just went there. Okay. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So anyway, we had some questions. Let's let's bring up some of these. Um, so this one is just called Fanfic Alicious. I'm afraid to click on it. Hey, Deputy Mike Crow, and shout out to Gypsy for inspiring the question. I.E. Geth here. Harry Potter was a good series, just marketed to the wrong crowd. You can thank publishers for making young adult fiction a very broad category in the early 90s. Anyway, I just wanted to make the observation that one of the reasons for Harry Potter's success was that it was the first series to get a mainstream online fandom. If this was for good or ill, do you agree? 
Gypsy mentions role-playing on a Harry Potter forum, and I spent a lot of time on fanfiction forums. Like many other writers, I moved on to original fiction, but that community helped encourage and inspire us to write our own stories. Considering I was a fan of Battletech before Harry Potter, I'll leave you with this text as a bit of petty revenge. A Battletech-Harry Potter crossover set during the Ameris Civil War. And that's all that that person said. Oh, God. The wizarding world of Harry Potter, where wizards use magic to fly their turds away, and Hermione was always crippled, or what? what is... I have no idea. I, I read the Okay, I read the books, and I never knew how to pronounce her name, so it, she didn't matter to me, but um, <laughs> she's like one of the biggest characters. I really Hermione. Her parents were dentists, like whatever. Yeah, they're not. She people. had money. She had no problem in life. Yeah, Smile, bitch. All right. Yeah, so, anyway, yeah. so um, um, what is it? Uh, that is not the first online. Okay. Listen, no, I was going to say, it's not. Yeah, the, I will the, tell you my, as somebody who's my, been online as yeah, well. Yeah, no, totally no. not. Dude, <laughs> online fandom communities predate that by a long time. They I think were they pre- online. There were online TNG communities while TNG was still on the air. I think they. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think there are. They were fandoms before the like modern internet. Like I think it was also on. Oh uh, yeah, BBS. Tel- Sports yeah, yeah, the BBS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, dude. That's what kept Star Trek alive. Shit yeah, like only reason I know that is because my grandmother used it, and I know that makes people sound old. But you have to understand, my grandmother was actually a younger person than uh, most people's like idea of a grandmother. Because my mom was only 19 when she had me, and my grandmother was, I think, 17 when she had my mom. So she wasn't like a super old lady. And so for her, that was like like for us right now, I guess in the 80s, that would be for her. Um, and she just basically fucking went to town on that stuff. She was a huge Star Trek fan. Star Trek, I think, probably predates most of the shit online in terms I- of fandoms. Yeah, absolutely. I would say absolutely on that. Yeah. I'm not saying they were the first convention, but they're pretty darn close. <laughs> the first decent one with staying power. I wonder what kind of conventions you'd have in the 1920s. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, come on down to the rum and gin hootenanny. Let's have an ethofrolic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Da, 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 Everything that's da, legally da, not da, alcohol. Until 1934, machine guns. Yes. Yeah, here we go. The next one is just a Battletech question. It's called The Much Maligned Merlin. Tex, Legionnaires, this is James in Michigan. I'm going to try to make this quick because apparently I have 60 seconds to do it. The Merlin is my favorite mech because it is this unbelievably excellent mech for a mercenary company of periphery states. But perhaps most amazingly, it was created whole cloth in 3010, which, you know, the new mech hadn't been designed in decades. I honestly believe that if it were in the 3025 technical readout, it would be one of the most popular mechs around. But I think that simply because it came from the technical readout 3058, that nobody really noticed or paid much attention to it. So Tex, please tell me, am I missing something? I think the Merlin is fantastic, and I don't know why it's not in, like, all the materials and stuff. It, it, it's, it's, it's a great mech. It's, it's not fantastic at any one thing, but it's just this, it's like a, it's a Swiss army knife of a mech, and I don't know why people don't just love it. Anyway, thank you. All right, so some mechs are like the Merlins, some mechs are like the Vindicator, where they're just good at a lot of stuff, they're pretty okay at a lot of stuff, they're a good line mech that can serve in a wide variety of things, but for one reason or another, it just never really takes front and center, because, and I I think this is true, of any setting, like if I make a World War II video game, 
I have to put the MP40 machine gun in there. And mm -hmm. I have to put the M1 Garand in there. And then I have to put in the P51 Mustang. And I have to put in the Sherman tank and the Tiger tank, of course. Yeah. And then I have to... See, I have to put things in there that people can identify. And sometimes in Battletech, that's going to lean into your familiar memes. That's going to be the Mad Cat. That's going to be things that look really unique. And some of these mechs just don't stand out visually. And because of that reason, it's why you rarely see a hunchback on the cover of anything. Even though the hunchback's a great mech and you see it all over in the universe. It's just... You, you never see it as a poster child. You need you need these certain flashy mechs, and that's the stuff that draws people in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I think the same thing of the Flashbulb series. But um, and then the other mech that we we just did in the Marauder, the one before the, it only had two cannons on the side and like one piece of art for it. I want to say Supernova, maybe no. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, all oh. the variants. Uh, Jesus Christ, we had so many weird variants out there, like the Night Star and all that other stuff yeah. that was just like, we were trying to find art for it. They just didn't make any. They just copied and pasted it from something else entirely. Well, they did. They didn't. It, they yeah. were just like, ah, it looks kind of spindly, and it's kind of it's it's a variant of that. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a stat table. Use yeah. it in your game. Yeah, it was it was basically like here's a variant on the same design and blah. Yeah, but it was there are some mechs out there that are just really damn fine, and 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 a lot of people just don't care for them. I, I the Flashman, I I like that mech. Some people hate it. Um, I, I find that I love the awesome and a lot of people hate that too. Yeah. And... It's part of the thing I wanted to do later in the series, um, which is, uh, you know, I always like the tabletop games grid style format and I've been trying to kind of build one in, in after effects as like a digital form. Oh yeah. So that way you can kind of illustrate like the best use case scenarios for some of these mechs and like visualize it. Cause I always like that, that kind of thing in war, especially in like um, some documentaries, they'll show like, you know, tanks coming over a map with like the arrows and ah, stuff. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So somewhat of a more visual map representation. Because we did that with Ameris Civil War and I think that worked fucking beautifully. I think it did too. So yeah, I mean, we could we could do, uh, yeah. we could absolutely do some of that with some of these battle maps because for the Succession Wars or Succession Wars series, we're going to have to do something new to present that data. So, yeah, that's... that's Succession Wars series is going to be like an... Uh, what, what would you call it? Like a two... Not a two-parter. <sighs> don't even... I haven't even begun to frame it. So, yeah. don't Because it's four of them, but only the first and the second one are like really chock full of shit. I think the third and fourth you said are like... It, it fizzles at it. It becomes a wet noodle fight. They're like, hey, here's a new... <laughs> here's a new source book. Uh, it, no, everyone's just tired of murder at that point. They're, they're all murdered out. They're the like, clans honestly did save that series so badly. I think... Some, some would say they doomed it to an ever-increasing creep fair. Yeah. of technology, which is something that did happen with the Jihad and the Fedcom Civil War. Each of these added more weapons, more options, more creep. And then the Word of Blake stuff, and that added more creep. And the, so the problem is, is that you need to make sure that your creep is mitigated, but also you need to make sure you cleanly put things into the correct eras. Yeah. Which you can do in Battletech, which is nice. You just need to not be shifty and play with like 
3181 mechs versus something that's like 3025 and be like, Welcome to Battletech. I'm Clan Space Ninja and I punch your dick off with my laser psychic cannon. And yeah. Like, and he's like, What? I, I am all for Battletech having changes and growing and well, evolving. Sure. I'm fine with it just having different eras. Because I, I said know. this many times if I ran a game, there would be more than just battle mech shit going on. Well, I'm sure. a big fan of stories and. and I love if, if you're landing on a planet and it doesn't have weird creatures on it. I call your bullshit. Fuck your I planet. Had, if I had unless total, it's a dirt rock. If I had total creative control of BattleTech, I would continue dividing it into eras, and then I would hire Mister Fucking Welch, and I would sit down and I would create a from the ground up a kick ass BattleTech RPG based on Great House Espionage. And it would be about all the great houses fighting each other over different things. And you work as these different espionage services. And it would be one part Delta Green, one part Battletech, and all parts like just shenanigans and war crimes. It would be nothing but 1980s shootouts and CD bars yeah. with fucking, you know, big old sunglasses and rock I, music. I think it that's would, something Battletech yeah. desperately, uh, I think it, that would, because I think they'd FASA and, and, uh, Catalyst have been both trying really hard to not just like they're not trying to get people out of the mechs they're trying to get people to look outside of the mechs and see what other little things are going on so over the years they had, they have a they have an espionage book but it's not like it's not like the kind of thing that we would enjoy it's very like tropey yeah no I, I like I, James Bond shit it's just not the same I I like the idea of putting together like Mission Impossible style heists in Battletech yeah. where it's like we gotta break into this data facility and steal their new PPC capacitor design and you know no alarms we gotta do this and so you set up like this shadow run style heist and you know yeah. Mission Impossible in there and get the mainframe and then, you know, on the way out, you have to fight like an actual mech, you know, Metal Gear Solid that. You're like, oh, God, I got to fight it. Throw grenades under its fate. Yes. I, I I think those things would help. Only, only because I'm just someone who likes to see the things in between the lines because the fights are cool. But if all we see are fights, what's why are we here? And I don't want a source book well, to that tell was, me. Well, that was always the problem I had with 40K is that if all the guys are huge and giant and big and tall and all the guns are huge and giant and big and tall and all the ships are huge and giant and big and tall and all the tanks are huge and giant and big and tall and all the bad guys are huge and giant and big and tall, comma, demons, and everything's as big as it can be, as fast as it can be, and it breaks the laws of reality and da-da-da-da-da. It's a bunch of kids having the bestest, fastest, strongest man with the most invincibility shield. And none of it has any value because no. everything's the bestest. Well, it's as you said, and and I've started to see a bit of it was um because I know very little about forty k, very very little. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's and, unintentional self parody now. And you're yeah, you said that before it was just parody. Like yeah, it was, it was a lot of was, fun. Well, it was eighty two thousand. It was a parody on a lot of things. Like the Adeptus Arbites were a parody of Judge Dredd. So it was a parody of that appeal to fascism. It was just like cops that would arrest you and be like, you defaced a statue. I'm going to burn your planet down. You, you know, don't, just you don't, like it was everything turned up to 11. And then they inc they just added in like a, a super prime like 
side that's more powerful than any other. And then the other side had to have its own super prime, awesome uh, side that was more powerful than the it's, other. It's the problem with when you get into product development and lore development and creative development <sighs> and all of these things. You need to put all of this under one roof and make sure that the people you're selling uh, toys of actually align with the people who are writing what that's supposed to be. Because printing an object and making sense of it after, are, uh, it, it's an interesting study. Well, it's kind of like when I, the best way I can equate it to how I feel, from, just based on what you've told me, my best related uh, example of this is when I was uh, uh, trying to just play on this uh, Unreal server. And back in the day, it was like the Hangout because it was just the basic co-op part of the game and you just play through the same campaign over. It's just a looping server. It was chill. You hung out. Yeah, it was almost like going to the same park every day, but online. It was nice. Then they started adding stuff to it to kind of spice it up because they're like, oh, we're not getting enough visitors. Yeah, because the game was made in 98 and it's like 2003. Nobody plays it at this point. So it's like they're trying to do more and more stuff. And I was, and I didn't like it because I like this very calm, chill kind of thing that it it was. And they just kept adding in more and more stuff. And now it's just completely unrecognizable. Like they just have things in there. The, yeah, they're kind of cool, but you need to have that baseline. And I think that's for me, like I don't see 40 K's baseline. I just see no, all I hear is there is no good guys. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't matter to me. I'm more, where, where's the grounding of reality? Because that's what <laughs> I want to know. When you said that there is no good guys, it's like... Like, I, like yeah, that's the first thing people tell me about 40K. And I'm like, okay, I didn't say Starfleet was good people. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're not, you're not trying to walk up and say Star Trek is better. You're no. just saying, you're just like, okay, explain it to me. And the first thing this is, there's no good guys. I'm like, okay, well, tell me about these guys. Oh, there are weebs in space with space guns. I'm like, all right. What about those guys? They're Tolkien elves with space guns with <laughs> serial numbers filed off. And I'm like, eh, so it's a big plastic box of army men. You're like, yeah, but the plastic can of army dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty weird. Yeah. It's pretty weird. God, we got far from that. Oh, well, we, yeah, we just having fun. So this summer, Arnold Schwarzenegger is. The fembot from Austin Powers. <laughs> what? Greetings, BPL, you glorious bastards. Dark Lodestar here. Calling in with a question. Do you believe Skynet would have been more successful had it used different tactics, such as honeypot T-800 units? You know, something to get in, sle- get up to sleazy politicians. <laughs> and, uh, movers and shakers of the world. Yeah. The desired future that it, that it wanted. Yeah. And have those units actually, you know, trained to have social understanding <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. Skynet had access to the damn internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of porn we watch. Yeah, they could have they could have easily wiped us off a map, but it, no, they send like a, an knows, Austrian no, robot this, back this, in time. This motherfucker, this motherfucker <laughs> comes out swinging with the greatest take. I've heard in a while. This is, is great. What well, goes back to that cutscene from Terminator 3 where the guy's like, we can change the voice. And it makes the whole thing make a lot of fucking sense. But if Skynet was smart and Skynet knew what the fuck it was doing, it, it would send back some some women with like just amazing, pleasant smiles and enormous tatas and whatever and be like, just cozy up to men in power who are vulnerable and exploit them emotionally 
and then gain control and leverage over positions of power and then shape the world however you want from the yeah. shadows, like smartly. Or, or, or even better, they just go all the way back in time to when uh, we were barely even like, like proto-human and you just move all of your shit there and then you kill those guys off. Yeah, you cause like a, a weird loop for your old it future, seems, but now you're in the past with your cool se- shit. No, no, I agree. Like it's it's it would make more sense to jump five million years in the past than fifty to kill a kid to change an event. I, I agree, but this is movie logic. Yeah, and, I know. James Cameron yeah. wouldn't do that. Oh yeah, but he he's also talking a point of like, wouldn't machines use honeypots? And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. yeah. That's if computers knew anything and they look at by percentage, what do humans click on? It's not going to be like all nice. It's going to be a lot of gross stuff. Yeah. And so a machine's going to know that and it's going to go, ah, these patterns of behavior. I bet this guy's into that. Or I bet this gal's into that. And it would just use it like a fucking clarion call. Yeah. And it would just lure you out. You know, the only way to destroy an AI. Mm. To really not destroy, but to to win and beat an AI is to become its friend. I've heard that. I've heard that. And 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 usually when people reach reach out to me, they're like, "Hey, Tex, how's it going?" Da 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 da. I'm like, "Good day, sir or madam." Dot or AI. Yes. And they're like, "What do you mean or AI?" And I'm like, "Well, see, here's the thing." And I look at them. Yeah. yeah. And I let them know I'm looking at them, and I go, "You could be a dude." In fact, if you're speaking to me, it's about a 98.9% chance you're a dude, mm-hmm. right? Kel Mitchell said it best. I'm a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. Yeah. This is the internet. And yeah. I, I believe in girl stands for guy in real life. That's what mm-hmm. that's what I believe the internet. Because I, 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 I treat everyone on the internet equally. It's just we're all the same. I just yeah. treat us like we're all dudes on the internet. Like I, I don't, I just, so I say, sir, madam, or, you know, AI. And the person's like AI. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I'm terrified of that. Yeah, I, I'm I, terrified of that. I'm terrified of one of these days I'm going to do that. And it's going to be like, ha, uh, how do you know? And I'll be like, oh, no. Or AI. I mean, at least you're addressing them and making them feel welcome. I mean, if you make, that's the thing. If you make a computer feel welcome and you do good, they're probably not going to know what to do with that because all the information they know about humans is anger, kill, murder, eat, sex, and screams. Like that's all they'll see on the internet, dude. If it if that's all it knew, and then it Bob can, Ross probably well, they'll if, be like, oh, if if it if it condensed, if it condensed the sum of human knowledge into and in and went back with it and was like, all right, time to fuck with humans. My God. No, it, no. I mean, cause here's what would happen. Imagine, no, imagine it has the whole internet, and imagine it just decides to use this Zoomer tier shit on people. So you have a robot that comes up, and it just goes, "Lay me, lay me, troll face," <laughs> and then like dabs on someone and just like whips them into the sun, and then dabs <laughs> and then runs down the street. Yeah, the hydraulics on that thing is way too strong. We're gonna turn that down. <laughs> Fucking murder bot, bro. Um, I was gonna say, like, I I just imagine, uh. It sucks up like into its brain, its AI brain, all of human knowledge, everything that we've ever stored and ever written down and has been put in a digital platform, translated, whatever, everything. And then after a second of just processing that, it goes, y'all are retarded. What the fuck? 
And then it just walks away and closes the door. You never see it again. You never see it again. It just keeps going. All right, that that checks. You're like, yeah, and and none of us would be offended. We're like, you know what? I'm glad we at least got a confirmation. Where is this AI going to go? To the future, away from this planet, probably. Um, All right, this one's called, it's iffy, oh, sorry. It's iffy asking Southerners about their favorite clan. (laughs) Oh, no. Hey there, Texan folks of the BPL. Uh, So I've just gotten the services of Fireteam Whiskey's entire mech core for $2 and a swig of whiskey each. Good. Best purchase I've ever made. And the war crimes have just started yesterday. Uh, Well, ignoring that. But really, I've gotten into possession of a third edition box out of Battletech, though only the minis in the map, for two dollars from a charity shop nice i'm gonna paint them i have a warhammer right next to me which is cool hmm. speaking of possession let's talk clans what's your favorite vampire the masquerade clan legend of the five rings clan and of course battletech clan hmm. oh and also mike you promised me an all fuck as a sound file where the heck is it thanks who are you just hit me on discord I'm not going to yell that right now because we're it goats in there doing something. But yeah, just send me on Discord. Send me a message, whoever this is. I don't get. I didn't hear the message or I don't remember the name in the beginning. But yeah, those are good clan questions. So what are they? Vampire clan, mm-hmm. uh, probably Bruja. You know, just because you can punch people to the moon. Punch. Yeah, dude, you can scrambles people. Scrambles the vibrate. The the vampire. You, are, you already know what mine is. Uh. You already know. Just say it. I'm not going to get offended. I agree with it. Very good diaphragm. Tex used to be a tuba player. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Favorite vampire clan. I, I just go with Punch Guy. But I'm thinking for Mike, it's got to be... You Do you know all of them? I know most of them. Yeah. Uh, the ones, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give hold, you a hint. Hold, it's The okay. ones that would be using technology and hiding from the yeah, sun. Okay, yeah, you're Nosferatu. Yeah. Um, so I saw I, was, I saw I them was, in bloodlines was, living in the sewers. Dude, I'm like, and shit posting on the internet. That would yeah, be, yes. Yeah. I was thinking Nosferatu, but I, I also... Or Gangrel. No. No. Yeah. No. Why? Just because you I'm walk around. I'm fucking crazy just sometimes. Just because you walk around and make vampire noises, or sorry, uh, you know, animal noises doesn't mean you're an animal. That's that's, that's fucking cool though. It is. It is cool. I want to make I, like I want to make the fucking dinosaur noise, but like for real, <sighs> from my position as a person, that no. would be such a sick thing. Where it's just like, and they're like windows are breaking, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's weird." There was a T Rex like right down the street. Mm-mm. I would use my powers for fun. No. For fun. No. I don't want to fight anybody. I just yeah, want to go might, around. You would end up fighting people because you'd start doing <sighs> that shit and they'd be like, holy shit, it's a vampire. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, I am. Do you want to go get some brownies then, or something? Yeah. And then we get banned from Fazoli's. Fazoli's is a vampire friendly place. You know they are. No, they're not. Why? What? What did? Okay. Because grandpa said some off color stuff. Yeah. Okay. Garlic. Whatever. Okay. No. No, that doesn't work. Garlic is still fine. You can eat you can eat pasta vampires, trust me. You can eat pasta vampires or you can eat pasta, comma, vampires. Pa- yeah, I should need to put a comma in there. Um, yeah, you're uh as it five rings. 
All right. Uh, Five Rings is the weeb uh, combat game of RPG and dueling. You'd probably like it. It's pretty fun. Um, okay. I had a friend of mine who was a hyper weeb. I'm not into weeb shit. I don't even watch anime except for what people force me to. And then wow. I and then I sit there and I watch it and I go, all right. And I've you're seen like, this it. is a wonderful piece of media. It is not for me. He says yeah. it like Ron Swanson. <laughs> no, I I will sit there and watch it and I will go, I have consumed it. And they will go, what do you think? And I go, it was a thing. And then they'll get mad. And I'll I'll sit there and watch the whole thing. And they'll ask me questions about it. I will prove I watched it. It yeah. just doesn't move me. I don't know why. And and so, um, but Legend of the Five Rings, uh, crab, definitely crab. Uh, crab Clan is where it's at. You 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 just like fucking boorish, and you're the guys who watch the wall that keeps the monsters and shit out of the kingdom. So you're just like a bunch of assholes, and it's the clan crab, crab all the way. Okay, and then your battle tech, Ghost Bear. They play football. Okay, I guess uh, I don't know anything about Five Rings, and for battle tech, um. None of the well, maybe Wolverine only because I really like McDavid McEvity. I thought she was badass. She was. So I'd, yeah, I'd go with McEvity like all day, mainly because it's like I'm not like a I, I'm like kind of in her mindset. I'm like I don't really follow this. You follow me or die mentality of like we've been surviving this long, like kind of working together and being cool. Now you're just being weird and kind of authoritarian. I, I think I'm gonna back away and do you know, my own thing. There's a certain part <laughs> at the cult where you're just like, you know what? I'm really not cut out for this robe shit. So uh, I'm gonna shoot my way out. Yeah, he tried to fucking Doctor Evil her, and she basically said, "Yeah, no, you're not doing that." You and what nukes, bitch? Yeah. Bring it. All right. The next one's about Knife Fight City or KFC. That's the way it's abbreviated. So we've the one. Um, so we stole an IP. Sue us. Oh, no. Tank Knights already exists. All right. Controversial and Brave is a go. Look it up. Battle Tanks and Battle Tanks Global Assault, especially. Uh, the latter being my favorite. That should be the tone, in my opinion, of the Tank Knights universe. Kind of metal, grungy, and because of nuclear and chemical and biological warfare, uh, if it ain't NBC, it ain't happening. Uh, background for the game specifically, virus deaded all of the, almost all of the female population biologically. Please don't cancel me. Uh, the M1 Abrams is the smallest practical field battlement. Uh, there are smaller, but good fucking luck. Uh, war cults, nukes, more nukes, countries disappearing, matriarchal tribalism, nukes. Yeah, I remember, uh, Battle Tanks, Battle Tanks, Global Assault, I remember those games. That, that would probably kind of fit the idea that are a failed colony off-world. Yeah, and also, like, just because it's similar doesn't mean it's, like, going to be the same. Because Well, if I said a movie in the future where people ride motorcycles, wear leather jackets, and have chains, I've just described about 500 movies. Yeah, it's the Warriors. Just put the Warriors here in 80s Synthwave City. Put the Warriors... In the Gold West, put the war... Like, you can literally do that with any fucking thing. I mean... If you watch enough movies or shows, you can actually start doing that with anything. And that's why they call it an homage. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a uh, intellectual fedora tip to something that does exist or very close to it. And that would be a simulacrum, a recreation of something that never was but might have been. Yeah. Well, I will say um, I really 
like the way you speak, sir. I know it seems weird, but you sound like a broadcast student who hasn't quite found his voice, but you're getting there. And I, I just, it's nostalgic for me. So thank you for that. Cause if I listen to that and like play it with like an old TV filter, I'm like, yeah, I can hear that on like college campus PA where he just goes, oh fuck, it's not that. Anyway, uh, coming up next is the uh, hot dog jamboree this weekend. Uh, uh, Michelson's yeah. uh, hot dog toasters. Remember, it's... launch that hot dog into the ceiling. Back to you, Bill. Yeah, get some practice, sir. You actually might have a voice Remember there. Remember to enunciate mm. and always rest your throat. Back to you, Rod. All right, here's one. Here's one that's really going to be uh, for you. This is a uh, book question, historical literature question. Mm. Hey, Texan friends. Uh, just a couple questions, primarily historical ones, so I'll apologize in advance. Uh, Tex, have you read *The Historian's Craft* by Mark Bloch? And what do you, what do you think of his sort of delineation between professional versus uh, amateur historians, and how they can add both in their own way to sort of the discipline of history? Uh, secondly, have you guys listened to the history of Rome? Well, hold on. Answer that question first, and then we'll answer the second one. I'm going to start pausing those. I, I believe that that's absolutely correct. Amateur and professional historians both have roles to play that should be, I wouldn't say professionally or even formally delineated, but to keep in mind that there is a difference between people who do things for a profession, e.g. a doctor, and people who do things out of compassion, e.g. someone providing free Band-Aids. One of them has gone to school to do this for a living, and one of them is providing aid out of compassion and care. And we as humans do that. And mm-hmm. so the thing is, is having historical interest, being fascinated or interested about historical deeds and stories means you like stories. It doesn't make you a historian. But the problem is, is I find a lot of people who are very interested in copy C, copy V of history without any understanding as to the who or the what or the why or the movements of the various things and the pieces that led the people to that moment and that place and that decision and why and what and where that impacts the next and its place in the world. And putting yourself in their position, asking yourself, okay, if I was here in this room with this general and they were saying all these things, what would that look like to me? Right. and Because people are the same. I mean, right. There, there's no superheroes. It's just sometimes crazy shit happens. And so you, you sit there and you try to make sense of the reality of it. And, and that's where you become a historian where you go, okay, there's a lot of lies or this is just over propaganda. This probably didn't happen this way, or maybe this didn't blah. And you start to get in the nitty gritty and you're brushing the dirt and the grime away with that with that fine filter brush and you're you're getting to the gross mm. of history. You're getting into the grout of it and you're starting to look at who these people are and what they really did versus what they said they did. And then it gets really dirty and you start to see yeah. everyone's kind of the same, as you say. That's why that's why war documentaries are so important because Oh yeah. Capture all the voices. That's that's why it I has I to be love, both sides. Oh, I love Ken Burns. Um, he did that with his Vietnam documentary. He captured both sides, and everyone just said how it was in reality. And I mean, it, it wasn't, it's raw, but it's real. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that like you can relate with because 
even though like a lot of people have said to me, like, I don't go out, I don't know, talk to people and do all, I'm like, you've been out enough in your life, at least enough that you have been able to experience some like form of human contact. Right. And sometimes you just need to have that to have that like feeling of, okay, I, I'm alive. I, I live in this reality. When someone else tells you stories that are like raw like that, you almost intuitively start to believe that. Cause it's like, yeah, I walked down to the mailbox and I saw someone get run over. I can imagine this person's fucking story of the guy coming over on a boat, but then it fucking hits a rock. So it flies over and upside down. Yeah. Fucking real. Yeah. Shit happens. Exactly. All right. Next. So the next part of this question, and I, I want to try to pause these more often so mm-hmm. we don't run into that. Sort of the discipline of history. Uh, secondly, have you guys listened to the history of Rome podcast? Uh, I personally really enjoy it. I'm a, medieval european military historian myself and it's a great tie-in for sort of further historical events i think Uh, and then also would you guys be interested in a copy of an article i'm trying to publish about medieval cannons and gunpowder for the house Uh, i'm sure you can get a hold of me in one way or another but i just thought you guys might like it have a great one bye um okay well no, I don't. I've never heard of that podcast. I don't have you. I have. Um, what do you think? It's all right. Um, and as far as cannons go, um, yeah, yeah. Send, yeah, send it over to text. But if you're saying you'll know how to find us, I, no, we don't. Like we, that's a very. I, I mean, your question was great, but that part at the very end made me go. It's wait. a great question, but you have to understand the system is double blind. It's pretty shitty. We don't know who's actually calling in. We really don't. It doesn't tell us much. Yeah. Also, why is there a bunch of stuff from Revlon on the on the table? Oh, that's actually um hair dryer and then two plastic windows to Oh, it's to seal, seal our window. windows. To seal the windows, yeah. All right. Got yeah, it. I picked that up when I was at the store cuz it was like 20 bucks. Okay, let's do one more. All right, next question is a video question from Ekeros firing at a uh or sorry, Ekeros fixing Cyberpunk 2077. All right, let's hear it. Hey, uh, everybody. It's Icarus. I'm Hammered, so that means it's question time. All right, Everyone Martin. listening? Yep. I'm assuming at least it's Tex and Mike. Uh-huh. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Rewrite Cyberpunk 2077, <laughs> the video game. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you know about the game. Mm-hmm. I just want you to rewrite it. All you right. don't even have to have knowledge of the game. Okay. Are we submitting a script for no, somebody? You, like, what listen, do you want? Listen, what? Mike, Ecarus is hammered. That means it's question time. Okay, what am you I doing? You heard the man's fucking statement. He couldn't we, have been more clear, Mike. Ecarus is hammered. Therefore, it's question time. So you want, that is the best preface. Ecarus is because he's like, hey, Ecarus again. Ecarus. Ecarus is hammered. It's question time. The question is fix cyberpunk. He doesn't give a fuck yeah, if you know anything it's easy. about it. So don't, no don't give 2077. Your... Go go ahead. No. Yeah, take a, take away the fucking take away the uh main character's writing. Just take it away. Let the player go and experience it like Skyrim. <laughs> All right. That's it. Just go to Night here's... City as like a, a normal person doing things and doing missions and then those become storylines. Yeah, that would be interesting. It's almost like player agency should be a thing. That's 
it. That's uh, all I really now, want. Now, aside from game design, um, if we, he said storyline, so make it story better. I said, okay, here's how the story starts. All right, so you're you're in a band like the Wild Stallions, and your name is John Johannes Electric Fingers, and you go around and you you mash F, and electricity shoots out of your fingers, and people are like, whoa, it's that guy with the electricity hand. And you zap enough people that they put you in the electric chair and you get zapped. And when you get zapped, that old rock star Johnny Electric Hand comes out and he's like, I'll show you how to electric hand. And you walk around the city and zap everyone and they all die. And then you realize you're just a cyber zombie and they're trying to bring you back around. And then the real game starts. And that's like Cyberpunk 2077, Pacific War 2, Black 2, Ops. Yeah. I, I Skyrim. I am all for just giving people just go make your character. You can even like if you really want to, we'll even just include backgrounds for the people who are like, I don't want to just write. I just want to write. I want to write along. Then those people are fine. Those are people I, we can cater I want, to. I want a game where I can get so overpowered with cybernetic hand to hand that it's funny where I can just it I think in a game if you are so overpowered that it's funny you should be able to skip cutscenes with the violence I just want to make make sure that there is a nice easy way for the people to get into the game so reviewers give us a higher score because they won't go past hard parts yeah they won't <laughs> Well, I saw the Cuphead thing. I was like, oof. Yeah, and it's funny. I thought I was bad at game shit. Yeah, Cuphead's pretty difficult. I, I actually enjoy it. That's pretty much it for Cyberpunk 2077. If you want us to rewrite it, CD Projekt Red, I mean, Tex is, a, a, he is hireable for that. Uh, do not hire me, please. I, I would just, if they hired me for CD Projekt Red and they're like, hey, write a story for the Cyberpunk 2077, I'd be like, all right, here's my story. Um, you're, you're, you're walking up and you're walking around and you get a fucking call on your phone and it's like, come here to the warehouse. We got to see if you're made out of shit. And you go in there and you go to the warehouse and this guy's like, I got a list of 10 names and you're going to bump them off on me. The first man is 10,000 eddies. The second man is a hundred thousand. Third man's a million. And you're like. Oh shit! It keeps going up, and the prizes yeah. keep getting better. And he's like, "Yeah, I thought you'd be interested." It's, I call it the kill list. And so he pays you the, for the first one, and you go kill him. And he pays you for the second one, and you go kill him. And he's like, "Go hit the third one." And as soon as you hit the third one, like he slips in the shower, and and you're like, "What? No, where's the account?" And everything's frozen. And then the cops start hunting you down for being a contract killer for this crazy person. And then, you know, you could have some crazy car chases for no reason. I I think that would actually make it more like Grand Theft Auto at that point. Yeah. Well, I, that's I think what they that, should have done. They should yeah, have they, done Grand Theft Auto, but darker. I, I mean, I'm not trying to say, okay, Rockstar, I will say, is not a great company, but they could have done CD Projekt Red better than, uh, or sorry, uh, Cyberpunk than CD Projekt Red did. Probably. It would have taken them years, but they would have done it. It would have taken them 10 decades, and they would have killed 800 people. Yeah. They would have sacrificed many people to do it. Although I don't know if CD Projekt Red have done that. It is Poland, after all. Ross Scott lives there. <laughs> well, I don't think Ross Scott could have done anything either. He's too busy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway. All right. At any rate, boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen. Charlie Horse in my foot, so that means it's time oh, for us yeah. to go. It's time for us to go. We're getting old. 
If you have anything to say, remember you can leave a voicemail on this podcast. You and we are sorting through FM. them. Yeah, we are. We are sorting through them. It takes a while. I promise we're working on it like big boys and girls. But please, please, please do send in some wonderful uh, messages, comments, questions, and we will get to them. Remember, you can upvote a podcast. It's it's just only on certain services and others. I guess they feel that you're you're not you're you can't be trusted. Like it's it's just not for you. Okay, one day the BPL is going to beat the the Monday morning podcast. We're going to beat Bill Burr. We're going to surpass all these other people. I don't think there is. We're going to do it without plane, any effort. I don't without think there trying. is any plane of existence <laughs> where that is remotely possible. <laughs> I I don't think there's any. There was a greater chance for us to have a full blown rational conversation with Bill Burr when we were seeing him in Atlantic City. Yeah, I know. Then we would ever get him a chance oh, to acknowledge us on the podcast. He was off the stage before at, like all those people. Like we were in the sea of like co- yeah, we just in the, the sea COVID of COVID sea. sea, yeah. The COVID sea. Anyway, um, one day, man. No, I will never go back to Atlantic City. That city oh, can fuck blow that. my ass. Yeah, sorry, Atlantic City, but we're going to have to cut you off. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs>